Hi, I'm Ian DeLisi. And I'm Chef James Regalo. And in episode 18 of Essential Cooking, we talk with April Anderson from Good Cakes and Bakes about some of her most popular offerings and how her bakery managed to not only survive, but thrive during the pandemic. April also talks about how appearing on the Today Show created an unimaginable demand for shipping her cakes across the country and the steep learning curve that came with it. Hi, April. Hello, how are you guys doing today? It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me on here. Oh my gosh, I was looking at your website, not a good thing to do without <laughs> breakfast. I was like, oh, you know what, why why not have cake for breakfast? Sounds <laughs> exactly. like a perfectly great idea. Yes. Um, so before we get to talking about what is on your menu, I was really fascinated um, to watch how you were able to keep your business going during the pandemic how you built out a bigger space during the whole time, and what let this last year was like for you as you kept, I mean, one of the biggest things, and James, you can attest to this, is one of the biggest goals is to keep as many people employed as you possibly can. Oh, yeah. yeah this, I think the small business owner has pivoted to becoming a form of government for most people. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that was a priority for me, and you know, I'm, I'm sure Definitely. it was for you as Definitely, well. Definitely, yes. And you were able to do that. You were able to keep your people employed. So, April, can you just talk about what what your uh, business, what Good Cakes and get Bakes looked like before the pandemic, and then how it has changed to look like what it is now? Yeah, so— <clears throat> Sorry. So one thing is for sure is that we knew from the beginning before COVID that we had to have a, um online presence. We knew that the area we was in, <clears throat> excuse me, allergies is horrible. This time <laughs> no here, problem, I get it. That we knew that we needed to have an online presence. And with that meaning that we needed to offer delivery and have e-commerce. So I think that's the one thing that really helped us during when the um, pandemic first happened was the fact that we had already had in place an online um, e-commerce for people to order, and we already had delivery. That must have saved you. It, I, I guarantee for a fact that that saved us a lot because when other businesses were um, pivoting, trying to figure out like how do we how do we bring carry out into our business model? How do we get it to people? Because when COVID first happened, people were like, "Do I come out the house? Do I breathe the same air?" So <laughs> yeah. us, you know, we had no idea what what it what it what it was, right? And so people wasn't coming up the house. And so I think because we had already had those that business model in place, even though we wasn't utilizing it as much, but we had it there. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah. See, people before COVID, people really didn't want They wanted to come and ex- have the experience of like right. coming into your space mm-hmm. and buying or sitting and eating if they was at Mabel Gray. You know, be able to come in. So we had the, we had the capacity to do it. But people wasn't using it. So when this happened, I think that's what saved us and helped us is the fact that we already had it in place. We just had to market it a little bit more, like go on social media and talk about it. But I definitely think that's what helped us. So I, out of curiosity, you obviously had. So you, what's really interesting is like what I think people don't understand is like if you don't have that bank account set up, if you don't have the software set up, everyone flooded those. So you were eight to 10 weeks out. Even if you called day one of the pandemic, all that technology was eight to 10 weeks out at least. So just by having that, you know, the EFT transfer set up for like, you know, all of your e-commerce, that's so, that's so valuable. What, what amount did you see switch? Was like 10% of your business Mm -hmm. e-commerce and then it became a hundred? Like, like what was, what was the percentage? (laughs) So before COVID, um, maybe like eight or 9% of our business was, um, online from just regular customers. We still had like people who worked in office buildings, like mainly a lot of Quicken Loan customers. They were our main customers for delivery. They would go on our website and order two cupcakes to be delivered downtown. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of, it was very interesting. So people- And you would do it? Yeah, because we charge charge $15 for delivery. Okay. So you're paying $20 to get two cupcakes. Sure, I'll bring them to you, right? (laughs) Good good point. (laughs) Right. So we had about eight to 10% of our 
um, pre-COVID um, revenue came from online. Once COVID hit, the first month, we went to like 64%. Oh then it went up to almost like 80% because at one point, we didn't allow people into the bakery at all. We closed it down. So you had to either place your order online or call the bakery, place your order, and then we'll give it to you. And people really enjoyed the convenience of going on the website, ordering it, pulling up, and just getting their baked goods. Yeah. So it went to like 80% of our revenue came from online services. And even still today, even though people can come into the bakery and pick up their stuff, they can't sit in there. But people still, we still have like 62% of our revenue is still coming from online, people going on the website, ordering it, where they can just walk into the bakery and just pick it up. Wow. wow. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that's sticking around. You know what I mean? Curbside, like I think people online, like it. it's sticking around. I, yeah, they do. They really enjoy that because people have gotten so, I guess, accustomed and used to taking their stuff home and eating it, enjoying it, and making the experience that they used to get sitting in the restaurant at home that they're, okay, let me run out, order it, run out, grab it, go back home. Yeah. So what's your radius for delivery? So, so we have a three-tier delivery. So we'll deliver to Metro Detroit for $15. We'll deliver to, like, Utica, um, Shelby Township for $20. And for $45, we'll deliver to Ann Arbor. Wow. And so we get maybe, like, maybe four to five orders a week for Ann Arbor. So people will order. They usually order maybe six cupcakes. <laughs> so still. To make I, it would, <laughs> I would be ordering a cake. Yeah, right, I know. Exactly. I, know. I gotta pay that much for, shit, <laughs> for delivery, order. right? Um, so... And one thing that we, we had knew before COVID is that we wanted to offer. We we knew that in order to scale and grow good cakes and bakes, we would have to have a e-commerce part, but mainly for shipping, like shipping across the country. And so during COVID, we were able to do that. We were able to grow our um, online shipping. through. We, we connected with GoBelly. Um, and we were able to ship. So we actually have a whole department that is just dedicated to shipping. So right now we're shipping about almost 200 cakes a week. Wow. Out of, outside of Michigan. Outside of Michigan, yes. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, April, when you were on the Today Show, did that change everything? I mean, when it came to your national orders? So it did because so we went, when we, when we were scheduled to go on the Today Show, we talked about doing a biscuit. And so we were going to do a biscuit like a mix where you can make it at home. Oh, right. My grandmother's. Recipe that's over 125 years old. That's that's what we were gonna do. We had got the packaging, everything for that. And two weeks before we were scheduled to go on, the producer came to do B-roll and talk to us, and she tasted our lemon velvet cake. <laughs> so the week before we were scheduled to come back, they said, "Hey, we would like for you guys to make the lemon velvet cake." And of course, I, I said yes. As soon as they said it, then when I hung up the phone, I said, if that's what we make, that's what people's going to want, right? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's like we have been trying for about three years to ship a whole cake. Couldn't figure out how to do it right. <laughs> now, now you have to. So we have no choice. So we left, went there, got back home. We had over 800 orders. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> for that one cake. For that cake. Well, and, and, what, and what amount of time? Seven, less than seven hours. <laughs> so from the time we got off the air uh -oh. to the end of the day, we went on Thursday. By the end of the day, Thursday, we had almost 800 orders. We had to, like, stop. Like, don't take no more yeah. orders. <laughs> And people wanted them because it was Mother's Day weekend. People oh were thinking they were going to get them next day. Like, oh, I like Titus for Mother's Day. No. So we got <laughs> back and we had to sort through orders and like call people and be like, it might take us two weeks, but we'd work as hard as we could because we had to figure out how yeah. do we ship a whole cake? We had not figured that out yet. And how do you ship a whole cake? You have to, we had to bake it. 
ice it, freeze it, ship it with dry ice, but we couldn't figure out the amount of dry ice to get it all the way to California yeah. and it still looked like something. It was a lot. It was a lot. We, we lost a stressful. lot. It was very stressful. We so, lost a lot of money trying to figure that out. But you, now you have it figured out. We have it yeah. figured out. We ship. We do with our eyes closed. And so Michelle, which is the co-owner, my wife, she worked for, she's a MSW, so master social work, and she worked in that field forever and she actually left in December to come work at the bakery full time wow. because of shipping. So she's like in charge of our shipping. Nice. Just just to get that in order because we actually, we only ship three days a week right now. Mm-hmm. And that's because we wanted to get control of it. But we want to up that because we would like for that to be a large percentage of our revenue is shipping cakes because we know that's where not only we have a greater chance to bar our market get new customers, but also it has a higher profit margin. Of course. Because it's only one person making a cake and shipping it out. We don't have to wait for customers to come in and purchase right. it. We only and, make it when it's no, ordered. No waste. Exactly, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So what's the best like uh, shipping company right now? Like Who is the most reliable? Who are you shipping through? We ship through UPS, and we have maybe had maybe three or four issues. That's a hot topic nowadays. It is. You know, so it like, is. So, and you, and so UPS is coming through for you. Yes, UPS. Right. Good to know. That Take, is, I'm taking notes. Yes. <laughs> and another thing is, is that we have, we had a lot of large um, cookie orders for like nationwide shipping because people were used to having events and they wasn't having events. They was now doing them virtual. So we were shipping cookies oh, right. to them. So when they have mm-hmm. the virtual event, people can have their stuff. And we, you go to the, use the post office on, in Hazel Park right there on Nine Mile. Yeah. And people, we had no problems. This was during Christmas time. People, we had one one order was like five hundred dozen, five hundred single boxes of cookies to people, and they won them for um, vote day for November to you know for election day, and we shipped them off Saturday because we was trying to make sure they was the freshest they get. People, we got them. On Monday, oh wow, wow. all over the country. Most of them was in D.C., but people saw that post office on Nine Mile. Hazel Park, you heard it here. <laughs> they took care of you. Shout Hazel out to Park. Hazel Park. Yes, Hazel Park. <laughs> I have shipped the other, like I went to the main post office before during Christmas. Not good. Hazel Park, every time <laughs> I took it there, people got it when they said it was going right, to get that's it. That's good. Good to hear. As newsrooms across the country close their doors, independent and unbiased journalism is more crucial than ever. We rely on you just like you rely on us. This spring fundraiser, join us in protecting public media. Your support keeps us thriving. Invest in WDET's next chapter at WDET.org or tap donate in our mobile app. So here are the names of some of April's cakes. And if you are hungry, this is going to mess you up. (laughs) The lemon velvet, which she talked about, strawberry crunch, German chocolate, red velvet, vegan red velvet, Mm There's the seven up pound cake, the vanilla cream pound cake, the banana nut bread, lemon, oh, lemon blueberry loaf, holy moly. Um, All of this sounds incredible, but your red velvet is the one that people mention to me the most. Is that the most popular? Which is the most popular cake? So red velvet is popular, especially with vegan um, people, but um, our lemon velvet was very popular because it was on the Today Show. Right. But right now it's our strawberry crunch cake. That strawberry crunch cake is popular, and we offer it in a vegan option now, too, which we cannot keep. You can't yeah, keep right. it? We can't keep it. What's the crunch? It is a mixture of Oreos, oh, wow. um, golden Oreos, crumbled with some strawberry extract. Nice. Because Oreos are vegan, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a cream. It doesn't sound vegan, you know, because it's cream filling. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, April, do you eat your own cakes? Some. 
And do you have a favorite? Um, I am truly just a plain Jane. I like a vanilla cupcake with cream cheese icing. <laughs> or I like a 7-Up pound cake, but I have to have ice cream with it. I'm just a plain cake person. Yeah. I'm not really a cupcake person. I like cake because I like the, uh-huh. it has to have the right cake to icing right, ratio. Right. Um, but my favorite thing is cinnamon rolls. Oh. Yeasty stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Cinnamon rolls are yes. incredible. So, yes. where did these recipes come from? So, a lot of them is like my mother, my grandmother, um, others are things that I've saw that we have put our own twist on. So, before the bakery, I used to follow like 300 food blogs. Yeah. And I was like, I want a baby. I want a food blog. So, this is how it all started. I want a food blog. Um, but I didn't know how to make recipes. So I was like, I need to go to school because I'm a person I need to know everything. You gotta know. <laughs> so I need to go to school for this. So I went to culinary school with the intent to just have a food blog. Just And then in, while in class, I was like, oh, maybe I could open a bakery. <laughs> maybe I could. <laughs> so I went to Michelle and I was like, hey, I want to open a bakery. She's like, yeah, we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> we had just got married, so yeah. we were looking to buy a house. Life was good. Yeah, Why are you going to ruin it with, with a bakery? And we didn't talk about it again for a while. So then I came home and said, hey, I gave my two-week notice today. <laughs> That's one way to get the conversation exactly. going. Yeah. And she's like, what? And I was like, just don't worry. God's got it. He's going to make sure everything works out. And we literally opened the bakery like 68 days after I left my oh job. Oh, my gosh. 68 yes. days? Yes. So it's, it'll be eight years in September. Wow. Oh, April. Good That's awesome. You. So you you started, the space was 250 square feet, right? So, no, was, so the, the bakery is 2,300 square feet, feet, but our the, baking area was only 200 and something square feet. Because when we opened the bakery, <laughs> we first we started off baking out of a commercial kitchen. So I would go to the kitchen every day at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'll bake from 3 o'clock until 7 a.m. And then I would bring everything over to the space. Me and my mother would ice in it, sell it, and whatever. I do this every day. For 15 months, I did this. Then finally, we was able to bake in the kitchen, bake, build out a space there. But we were so committed to having a community space. So mm-hmm. we focused more on making sure that we had space for the neighborhoods to use. And it wasn't until COVID when we had to shut everything down. And we were just sitting in there. People can call, but we sitting there. We had all this space. And I was like, we got all this dead real estate, basically, is what this was. And I was like, is it a way? Because after COVID, even when COVID is over, I don't know if I still want people in the space how much, right? And I said, what if we could just like move the kitchen out some? I could teach classes like I've always wanted to do. Which you've done. Yeah, I want to teach some classes. Mm -hmm. We could still have a little seating, but we're never going to go back to where we were before. I don't see that happening. And so that's where it came about, about changing the space of the bakery. And again, I didn't even, we didn't even think of, all I thought about was I'm going to put a little wall up, move the counters, (laughs) and we're going to put a kitchen out. And it wasn't until one of our friends, um, Brooke, who was an architect, who we had called in to help us like measure out like how the wall, where the wall should go, thinking it was going to be something that could be done in a couple of weeks, two weeks. <laughs> and she brought in Rachel and Taylor from RL Consetti. And they designed the space like I would have never, ever thought that I could possibly have. It's so, I just love it. Every time I walk in there, I'm still like in amazement that this is our bakery because it's so nice in there now. And now your production... Production has grown. We yeah. start off with just two bakers. Now we have four, about to have a fifth baker. It is because we have to we can't keep up. We can't awesome. keep up. It's so it's just it's just wonderful. So every so so far every year has been kind of a, that that climbing. So yes, like, it's, it's been every year's been as a record year. Yeah, every year has been growing and it's so amazing because even through COVID, we still we still had growth. Yeah, good for you. We still had growth. We had that one month. In Mar- from March to right before Easter, where people where it was slow, and we okay, was like, just "What about we gonna a year do? ago?" Yeah, yeah, we were like, "What are we gonna do? Like, how are we going to keep our staff?" 
um, working because a lot of our staff, you know, have kids and family to take care of. And I was like, you know, how are we going to do this? We can't afford to lay people off. We can't afford it. And me, I was thinking like, this is all I have, right? Yeah. right this is it. I didn't put everything in the last seven years. Yeah, I didn't put everything into here. If we close, we have really nothing. I have no, like, it's like I have a cushion of money sitting over right. here, right? I put everything into here. And just just by the grace of God, we, we've got, we got all these large orders. We started um, providing cake slices to Western Market, which was oh, right. super mm-hmm. busy because people was doing so much shopping. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. that was a good, you know, that was good revenue coming in. So that was allowing our bakers to have more hours because we had to not only bake for the bakery, but now we got all these 15 and 20 cakes that we do it for the market every week. So, and then we got, we started providing um, desserts to the um State Fair COVID site. So we was providing baked goods oh, wow. to them. So we got we got a lot of large orders that really helped us. And our bakers actually were they were doing maybe 20, 25 hours before a week. They were at 35. Some nice. weeks they had overtime. Yeah. And so it's like there was no like dip in their pay or anything yeah. during COVID. They actually, I think they pay went up as well as their hours went up. So it definitely, we definitely did a lot of hustling trying to figure out how to make sure that we kept our staff and we we gained four employees during COVID. Good for you. That's amazing. Thank- are, are, are you in, um, are you in uh, stores now? So somebody, so you mentioned like you're kind of at wholesale customers that are buying, do you still have that? Are yes. you still mm-hmm. at Western Market? Yeah, we still at Western so where, Market. So where can somebody get your, if somebody's like not, you know, down by your store, where can somebody get your, get your cake right now? So they can get at Western Market. Um, we are in con- the congregation. Um, they had taken like a hiatus, but the we'll be back. Shop, yeah, the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been there since they opened, but yep. they took kind of a hiatus as they try and figure out things. Yep. Um, but we deliver. So yeah, even if, sure. you're not, if you're not in the area, we so deliver. direct is the best. So yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Definitely, yes, definitely. You get it direct. Yes. So you can go to goodcakesandbakes.com mm-hmm. and you can do everything there. The website is beautiful. And if I were you, I wouldn't be ordering just two cupcakes. That's all I, I know, can tell right? you. You order a lot more. And you're on Livernois, that yes. whole strip over there. which the Avenue all, of Fashion. Yeah, yes. Avenue mm-hmm. of Fashion where all the great things are happening. Um, April, uh, congratulations on figuring it out and keeping your people employed in, in such a successful year when a lot of people were really struggling and figured it out um, and hired more people in, in addition to that. And that just about does it for us. We are wrapping things up here. Yeah, thank April, you. April, thank, thank you. you again for coming. Oh, thank it's you guys so for great having to me. Have thank you. You can find out more about April Anderson by going to goodcakesandbakes.com. Our thanks to April for talking with us, to you for listening, and... We would like to thank LaMarca Prosecco for their support. From the hills of Veneto, Italy, you can never go wrong with Prosecco, whether it's in a spritz or drinking straight. Joan Isabella is our executive producer with producer David Lyons and assistant producer Lisa Brancato. Editing by Rowan Nemisto. Production support provided by Studios on the Pond and original music by the Mallet Brothers. This is a production of Detroit's public radio station, WDET.